Welcome to Thriller Premium. Welcome to Thriller Premium. and girls welcome back to another exciting episode of thriller coin talk today is september 15 2020 and we are talking that's right bitcoin a game of musical chairs <laughs> yeah i really like this title i think it, i think it's very appropriate for today if you haven't heard the news micro strategy which is uh kind of interesting because well you know what let's, let's start from the top car let's get it from the top car Michael Saylor is the founder of MicroStrategy. He said on Tuesday his company has acquired an additional $175 million in Bitcoin in a single purchase. Yeah, it was big news. So if you remember last month, gosh, I wonder, I want to say, was it August? Yeah, I want to say it was August. No, it was August. It was definitely August. They had they were like the largest independent publicly traded business intelligence company, right? And they announced that it had adopted Bitcoin as their primary reserve asset, purchasing $250 million worth. Well, he doubled down today and the world changed. And not and not in not in like a very big way, but you remember, you remember this, right? Like Paul Tudor Jones, he kind of removed the career risk for hedge fund managers from investing in Bitcoin by giving it his stamp of approval, right? And MicroStrategy removed career risk for CFOs from putting company treasury into Bitcoin. So corporate FOMO <laughs> could be the real driver for Bitcoin's price. And this is why we are starting a game of musical chairs. Now, mind you, Fidelity has sat down. They're one of the biggest conglomerates, financial conglomerates in the world, right? We're still kind of waiting for BlackRock and Vanguard to see what they're going to do, right? But this this game of musical chairs is it's very interesting. If you look at Bitcoin's total supply, it's capped at 21 million. There's not a single <laughs> there's no way we're going to get to 21 million. And the reason I say this is we've lost a lot of bitcoins along the way. Right. Let's say Satoshi lost those bitcoins. We're already back down to 17, right? 17 million. So even if you include MicroStrategy, there's really only enough Bitcoin, enough Bitcoin to go around to like 800 to 900 more companies being able to hoard the same amount of bitcoins for their own treasuries. So it, it becomes this thing where you have to either delay the decision to buy Bitcoin or it might be too it might be too soon it might be high too soon what they're doing today microstrategy is saying hey you know what we put 250 million back in august 
we're gonna put we're gonna put even more 175 million today and that's gonna put our total at 38,250 bitcoins at approximately 425 million dollar fiat this changes everything this really does and it almost becomes a game and a self-fulfilling prophecy we've talked a lot about that in the past i don't know if you remember this but Satoshi Nakamoto was one of the very first people to state back in 2009. I think I actually covered it in the Bitcoin audiobook, but he says it might make sense just to get some in case it catches on. If enough people think the same way, that becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. This is what Satoshi said. <laughs> Mark his words. He knew something, right? And I think what he knew about was something called mimetic desire. It's a theory that comes from Rene Girard. And he goes into detail and talks about how human behavior is just us mimicking each other and mimicking our desires. And I'm going to let you listen to this because this will actually explain it all. Everyone knows that living life means making choices. But how do we make choices? Why do we pick one thing instead of another? René Girard gave a simple answer. It's called mimetic desire. We usually explain why we want something in one of two ways. We say we want it because it suits our unique preferences, or we highlight the objective good qualities something has. Either way, we claim to choose autonomously, in isolation from others. While he was reading and teaching classic literature, Girard realized that the great writers reveal a deeper layer of our psychology. Girard saw that in the classic works, there is always a model, someone the protagonist admires and wants to be like. Just as the protagonist in a novel imitates an appealing model, we all pattern our choices on somebody else's example. It might be a celebrity we've never met, or it could be our best friend we've known all our lives. Man is the creature who does not know what to desire, said Girard. He turns to others in order to make up his mind. We desire what others desire because we imitate their desires. Instead of being direct and autonomous, I want that, our desires are derivative and triangular. I want that just because someone else wants it. Girard's insight sheds light on financial bubbles, fashion, social media, and every human interaction. It explains why people fight even when there's plenty to go around, and why conflicts are often worst when the stakes are smallest. When we model our desires on those of others, we end up competing for the same jobs, the same mates, the same real estate, and the same social status as everyone else. What's the solution? Girard said, imitation is inevitable, so we can't just stop imitating. The most important choice in each of our lives may not be where to go to school, what career to pursue, or even who to marry. It may be who to imitate. So when you start looking at Bitcoin this way, it becomes a game, right? And the value of Bitcoin, like any other asset, can be explained by this mimetic desire. So in essence, this means that people can desire anything as long as other people seem to desire it. And there's nothing that makes Bitcoin far more attractive than the price going up. So this crowd behavior combined with Bitcoin's limited supply has started an inevitable game of musical chairs. Now, whether these other companies know they're playing it or not <laughs> is besides the point. 
Because according to the game theory, the decision not to buy Bitcoin is just as powerful as the decision to buy Bitcoin. You're taking the view that there will be less demand for Bitcoin in the future or that other players will also decide not to buy Bitcoin. If this is your view, then you might be worse off than your peers. Basically, no one gets to sit on the sidelines for this. This is where Satoshi really thought a lot about how Bitcoin is this inevitable self-fulfilling prophecy. It becomes one because not only did he have the wherewithal to know that he was going to be releasing Bitcoin on the day of a second bailout, but he also saw that fiscal policy was going to expand. He saw that monetary policy was going to expand. He saw that, you know, debt was going to continue to go up. Uh, he saw eventual the devaluation of the United States currency. And right now, a lot of these Fortune 500 companies are realizing that, hey, we need to <laughs> hedge our, our fiat currency, right? What the Fed is doing right now is it's just never been done in history. It, it the, the, the term too big to fail <laughs> is starting to get laughed out the room, right? So the currency devaluation, I think, is a real thing. I think that's going to happen in our lifetime, whether that's the next five years, three years, 10 years. No one really knows, right? Um, but that is going to happen. Honestly, I never thought I'd see the day of... Uh, a game of musical chairs happening for Bitcoin, especially this soon. I always thought it was going to happen later in the decade. But let's get into coin talk. That's right. It is time. Only crypto, coins, trade, predictions ahead. It is what you spend all day wondering, isn't it? Is crypto free? It's time for coin talk, my favorite part of the day. But before we go into that, we got a couple things. Uh, so I just want to announce our new show. It's kind of it kind of took over for Thriller Podcast Minis. We used to have these these shows that we would do for ThrillerX.com, and they would be called Thriller Podcast Minis. And for the most part, I would record one like you know maybe like once every couple weeks or so. And so what we're doing now is create a new show called Birth Crypto Death. <laughs> and uh, and what we're going to do is we're going to release that. It's on Anchor. I think you can find it on the podcast app of your choice. Uh, but if you go to thrillerx.com, the link's there. If you go to the bottom of this newsletter, it's going to be there. And then you can subscribe that way. But it's basically going to be behind the scenes, mostly of me ranting <laughs> for the most part. Uh, it's pretty much going to be like... You know, maybe if there's ever like a conversation me and my wife are having on Bitcoin or, or cryptocurrency or me and my brother or like any one of my friends or coworkers, and I ask them, hey, can I record this and put it on the show? It will probably be in, in, in birth crypto death or even like a behind the scenes at a conference or something like that. I'll, I'll throw that in there. Um, kind of it's going to just be behind the scenes of, of, Thriller, of Thriller Crypto, Thriller X, everything that we do here at Thriller Podcast. So it's just like a... Uh, just a way to put that there. I feel like we don't really have that. Um, and I'm, I'm really, I realize I'm not much of a blogger. <laughs> I'm not much of a vlogger, no matter how hard I try. I'm just, 
I, I really love audio and I like playing with audio and it's just something that I love doing. So I need to stick with what I love doing. And so this is just another way to capture that audio and share it with y'all. Um, so yeah, be sure to subscribe to that if you want to listen to it. Like I said, it's not going to be very, it's not gonna be formatted very, you know, at all. And it might even just be like, you know, 20 or 30 minutes at most and probably will be updated, you know, maybe like every other week or so, but it's, it's another thing to listen to if you're really, really bored. <laughs> and I think that, oh, and then also too, if you guys have any questions, that's probably where I'm going to answer them. Yeah. Unless it's something really easy I can answer in a, in a reply back or something, but yeah, it's going to be used for all that kind of stuff. Okay. With that, let's get into coin talk. We have a lot to cover. We haven't even talked about Bitcoin yet because it's currently right now at 10,700. So we got to talk about that. Got to talk about Ethereum. There's a lot of stuff to talk about. Let's do it. Oh, but before we do that, got to roll the disclaimer. Remember, Trailer's podcast does not give financial advice. You cannot have the future, even if you just can. He is just a dude trying to save the world one Satoshi at a time. All right, it's time for Coin Talk, my favorite part of the day. Probably yours too, I'd imagine. <laughs> you know, we've been doing this. We've been doing this show for a long time. Uh, I feel like I feel like we've done it all, haven't we, Javier? I feel like there's nothing we haven't done before in Coin Talk. You know, Bitcoin right now is looking pretty solid. It's looking like a steady $10,717. You know, there's really there's really only a couple things you can do here, ladies and gentlemen. We all know where Bitcoin's going, right? We feel we can feel it in our bones. We can feel it within within our bodies, right? The ghosts of Satoshi is telling us that Bitcoin will rise here in October and it's just a matter of holding tight in September. What's this up here? You know what? Yeah, it is a matter of holding tight. That's what we need to do. We need to listen to. Dave D, Dozy, Beaky, Mick, and Titch. And hold tight. These guys, <laughs> Javier, where'd you find this? These guys are right. We just need to hold tight, ladies and gentlemen, because all of September has been kind of a drag, right? We're waiting for others to catch up. And when they catch up, it's going to be bonkers. Yeah, that's an oldie but a goodie right there out here. Bookmark that one. Dang, that was, that was wicked. Nice solo. Okay, so if you look at the chart, ladies and gentlemen, and I'll put this here in the show notes and I'll put it in the newsletter, you can see here that we actually broke off this two-year bearish trend line. And it started when we hit 20K in 20, 
2018, 2017, 2018. It's been so long. <laughs> and what we're doing now is we're on this one year bearish trend line. And this is when we went up, you know, back during that uh, whole 2019, you know, was it Facebook? I think it was the Facebook thing. Was it the Facebook thing? Why do we go up in 20? Ah, man, these these are going. Investing in Bitcoin is taking a toll on me. And investing it in Bitcoin. But I will say, if you look here on this one year bearish trend line, we have broken out of it. Seriously. This is where Bitcoin actually does things where you just it's kind of spooky, right? It's almost like you just don't see it coming. Not too many people are talking about it. Typical, right? Because trading shot is on top of it. And this is why we look at this chart and it literally shows us breaking above this one year bearish trend line. And lo and behold, it all gears up. <laughs> it all gears up to get going outside of September. So like I said, I feel like Bitcoin, we are pretty much just a matter of just kind of holding tight. I mean, once October hits, I mean, it's it's pretty much left off. And then even if it doesn't hit in October, November's left off. Uh, and then if it doesn't hit in November, well, then we got something wrong. <laughs> but, uh, you know, everything's showing the complete opposite of that. So I, I think everybody knows in this space that November is going to be that left off time. It's just a matter of being patient. And, and like you saw here, when DeFi took off, Bitcoin took off right afterwards. So if, if Bitcoin's not going to do it on its own, then DeFi will be the spark that sparks that. There's more and more exchanges adding these DeFi tokens into their baskets. So, yes, we are. I mean, we're in a really good spot. And then another thing, too, I want to kind of talk about Wi-Fi because I actually sold my Wi-Fi. <laughs> I actually sold my Wi-Fi at 30K and it's actually at 31K right now. And the reason I did that, you know, wasn't because I wasn't a fan of what they were building there, what Andre is trying to do there for urine finance. It literally has to do with not being greedy and taking out when I see something there, you know? And I honestly didn't make that much, I only made like 3K. But to me, it was just more important to grab that and turn it into Bitcoin. And I think a lot of people lose lose track of like when to take out for gains. And I think once you start seeing yourself getting kind of greedy on stuff, that's when you probably should be pulling out, right? Um, so what we're gonna see here Come come October, come November, all these other coins will rise with Bitcoin. It's going to be our last big little push that we're going to have. And for the most part, it's going to be beautiful. It's going to be a really good time. I'm really looking forward to it. Uh, I'm kind of I'm kind of anticipating it happening here at the end of the month. Um, so it's going to be fun. I'm looking forward to it a lot. We got Ethereum at $358. Me personally, I'm not buying any more Ethereum right now. I'm kind of on hold. I'm going to wait till it drops here later in the year, right before the beginning of the year. We'll see that big dump. Um, XRP, I'm staying away from that. Polkadot, I'm trying to pick up some as soon as it gets under $5. Right now, it's at $5.03. I don't want to pay more than $5. <laughs> Call me cheap. But, you know, I feel like with Polkadot, there's still time. To, to, to get on that horse, you know, um, I don't see it going 20x here in a matter of months. Uh, Chainlink's at $10 now and 65 cents. I would think this is a good time to get back into Chainlink. If we keep seeing further downside here in the next, you know, couple of weeks, then of course buy it there. But, you know, Chainlink's going to make another run here before the end of the year. And then if it doesn't make another run for the end of the year, it will definitely make a big run 
come 2021 for sure. And then that's the run that you want to be a part of. Um, got Litecoin at $47. Like I said, I am still picking up some Litecoin here, but it has more has more to do with me playing the long game with Litecoin. I really only see, you know, Bcash and, oh, I mean, Bitcoin. It's not Bcash, it's Bitcoin Cash. I really do only think it's going to be Litecoin and, and uh, Bitcoin Cash kind of fighting for that kind of second place when it comes to hard crypto assets. Me personally, I'm going to make sure I hold a lot more Bitcoin than either one of those first and foremost. But now I'm looking at Litecoin as I think that's going to win that kind of thing. I could be wrong, um, but, you know, I like playing these kind of ponies, as you would call them. And I, I think Litecoin has just a better future, in my opinion, than Bitcoin Cash. I could be wrong, but that's kind of where I'm putting my eggs in that basket. And quite honestly, I wouldn't bet against Charlie. I know I've said that in the past. I just feel like there's one guy that can pull off something that, you know, hasn't been done before. And that's Mimblewimble on a main chain coin like like Litecoin in a top 10. Like, I think he can. Um, so we'll see. And I definitely think Litecoin is headed towards 1K here at the peak of this next bull run. And I do still think Ethereum is headed towards 7, 6K for sure. Um, I know people think I'm crazy on that one. Um, but yeah, those are my two hard <laughs> kind of nose kind of uh, projections for them. I should throw out the caveat there. I do think that won't happen with Ethereum if it if it splits into two chains. Because there's, there's definitely kind of, you know, talk here and there about splitting off Ethereum into its own separate DeFi chain. So if there if, as long as that doesn't happen, <laughs> I still think if, if Ethereum can maintain at that one chain status here um, in the next year, which I think is going to be very hard for him, quite frankly, because of whole um, Ethereum 2.0 and how that's been going. But if they can maintain that one chain, I do think six, seven K is a possibility if they can't maintain that one chain. And I could be just be, you know, kind of foreseeing this, <laughs> then I, I think then, yeah, I don't think we get there for Ethereum. So it kind of just depends on that. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's there's just kind of little you hear talks, right? Like there's people already kind of rumbling about it. I don't think it's going to happen. But if it does, that's that's something to be aware of. Um, and I think Bitcoin, I still kind of have my projection here in the 14, 16, 17 K ish range. I think it's going to be by that point, by the end of the year. I really don't think Bitcoin's going to get bonkers until May of next year, where we're going to be like completely. I think conservatively, I would say we're not going to pass 20K until May of next year, just to be on the conservative side. Now, other people are projecting much higher than that, but I'm going to be conservative these days. And I'm going to say, you know, we probably won't get to 20K Bitcoin until at least May of next year. And I will say after that consensus beat, and then from there, you'll start seeing it go parabolic really, really fast. And then we'll start making 10K jumps like we predicted a year ago. So it's going to be one of those where, you know, we're probably going to have to go look back. We, we did a lot of we did a lot of analyzing of Bitcoin, you know, early this year and early and late last year of what Bitcoin was going to do here in 2021. So we might have to go back and kind of re go over those and see if they still kind of qualify because there was that one episode that where we did a was it a 58.4 theory I think it was there's just so much research that we've already done it's just kind of 
bonkers how how we've covered every which way of Bitcoin and the, and the price of where it's headed. But we'll start covering that more as we towards, you know, here in October, November, once you start seeing these big jumps to 14K, we'll start projecting it out. But I still think 14K is definitely in the cards here by October, November. And I definitely think 17K by the end of the year is not a hard, you know, hard, a hard get for us. I think we can reach that. And I definitely think we can reach 20K by by May of next year for sure, if not sooner. But we'll see. Um, and I think I think that's all I got. Uh, I am starting to load up on Cardano again um, because I'm waiting for that Coinbase custody. Um, I feel like it's going to happen at any point now. So I'm loading up on that already. Um, anything else? Kyber's looking good at $1.12. Got ran at 25 cents. That looks pretty good. Um, there's a lot of really, you know, low price coins right now. Yeah, and I think I think that's it. I think those are the only ones I'm kind of looking at. I'm really just looking at Litecoin right now for me personally, more Bitcoin and Cardano right now. And I would love to pick up some more Chainlink, but I'm going to stick to my priorities. <laughs> <laughs> stick to Cardano and yeah because I really think I really think we're going to see something special happen with Cardano here once it gets on Coinbase custody I hope I'm right on that I hope just DeFi doesn't just like steal everybody's attention you know I miss the days when everybody would just be focused on Bitcoin <laughs> those are the those are the those were the good days now everybody's focused on DeFi and uh, everything else there but Bitcoin fixes this by the way <laughs> really, Javier? Really? Okay, but you know, with that, let's go ahead and get on to the end of the show because I feel like we have run out of stuff if we're going with that kind of stuff, Javier. Way to kill, way to kill a coin talk episode, Javier. Way to kill it. You started off so strong, too. Jeez, you know? Man, we're going to have to do a birth crypto death here at the end of this so that way you can have your, <laughs> have your say on things. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I think that's all I got. Just remember, Bitcoin is good. Ethereum's good. We're fine. Um, I think as long as there's no alien invasion <laughs> or another COVID pandemic of a sort, uh, I think we're going to be fine. And yeah, so we're we're looking we're looking good, ladies and gentlemen. Let's hope by the end of the week, Warren Buffett is on the bus of Bitcoin. We'll see. Let's get on to the end of the show.
and gentlemen of the Thriller Coin Talk. It's Dunsies. Thank you so much for listening. I really, really, really appreciate you. If you want to find out more of what we do here, head over to ThrillerX.com, ThrillerX.com, ThrillerX.com. <laughs> and if you want to check out our first ever audiobook that got released this year, it's called One Satoshi at a Time. Head over to BitcoinAudiobook.com. Make sure to share this whoever you want to and buy Bitcoin. Save the entire world while we're at it, right? Might as well, right? Let's do that. Let's do it. Let's save the world together. This is the end of the show. You have been listening to Thriller Podcast. We are and solid. Remember, Thriller Podcast is not financial advice. Everything Carr said likely will come true. It is up to you. Now go, do your own research. Listen to what it means best start their name with crypto. And not hard. And remember, buy Bitcoin and save the world. One Satoshi at a time.